clock at five. Pass is intercepted at the goal line by Malcolm Butler. Unreal. Rainbows high and deep into the end zone. Does he get both feet in right here at the end, Jim? What are they going to roll it? He caught it? Touchdown! He did what? He did what? He runs to the 50. He runs to the 40. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. We are seeing another spectacular effort by Marino, who fires. Touchdown! Oh, that's loose. Allen steps up. Jumps over the defenders to pick up the first. There's a prayer. to the end zone, which is fought for by Tate with Jennings simultaneous. Who has it? Who do they give it to? Touchdown! Touchdown! Welcome back to Simultaneous Catch. I'm proud of you for knowing. See, that is not... I said, let's do mic checks, and you're like, hi, and then you go and do that, and then you're completely different. Oh, well, <laughs> when the camera's on, man. <laughs> so you just come alive. <laughs> been way too long it's uh, yeah yeah but you know football season's back i can't begin to describe how happy i am that football season's back i mean me too but at the same time you know uh, i'm going to personal things but whatever what you know it's just i mean like i feel like we're gonna miss half of it we're not gonna miss half of it we're gonna miss half of it either way Mm, it was more like we're gonna miss we're gonna miss like four and a half weeks Mm, don't like it. And the reality is, I'm going to get to watch the first half of all the Bills games anyway. And I'm going to have, if you don't think I'm going to have my laptop on backstage with NFL Hey, you spend more time in the first part of the show than I do. That's true. <laughs> so, <maybe laughs> Regardless, hello everyone. You just heard us bicker and banter because we're a married couple now. <laughs> Basically, we're going to have a place soon. Yes, we uh, have we have a place now, which will also help with the ease of recording. That's true. Which is very, very exciting. So, simultech... Oh, yep, well... Welcome back. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be a good season. Yeah, so um, we were working on a series of divisional previews, and then more time got in the way, and then we recorded some, and then felt weird about not having all of them. Right. And then being like, okay, here's all the rest real fast. <laughs> So today, right now, is uh, kickoff day in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Green Bay Packers travel to Chicago to take on the Bears. Kick off the NFL's 100th, 100th season. 100th season. Happy birthday, NFL, which is exciting. Uh, so we'll have this episode for you today, and then in a couple of days we're going to get right back to it and do a full league preview and uh, try to talk about some of the things we talked about, condensed down a little bit. And so we can get that for you without being like, here's five hours of audio to listen to <laughs> before Sunday. I wonder if anybody would actually listen. Um, I mean, like, I feel like they would a couple people. down the road, not necessarily not like before. before the season. Yeah. yeah. So I feel like people would be like, oh, here's some stuff to listen to. Yeah. But yeah. I digress. Things don't always work out the way you planned. And, and that's fact, a life lesson. In fact, they normally don't. That's a great life lesson. Yeah. <laughs> 
So we will be talking about the Green Bay Packers and the Chicago Bears uh, mm-hmm. in this episode. We're also going to talk about some general news and notes going mm-hmm. on, including Ezekiel Elliott, yeah. Antonio Brown drama, because we just can't stay away from that. I wonder how often, or if maybe any more, we'll have to talk about this for very much longer. We'll get into that. But uh, how you feeling, pal? Okay. Oh. Okay. What? I'm just going to have a little cricket sound effect right there. I didn't expect that you'd ask me that question, but... I mean, okay. All right. Well, let's just get into it then. So what are you expecting uh, from the NFL tonight in Chicago? Uh, I really think that I think it's going to be a really good game. And I know that I don't know how well documented our um, feelings on the Bears are, you know, because we're both down on them this year. A little year. bit, yeah. But it's not that I don't expect them to play well. I mean, they're a good football team. Right, absolutely. They're going to be in a lot of games. I just don't expect them to win a lot of them. Okay, Um, interesting. So I I expect it to be a a close-scoring game. I just, um, I'm expecting Aaron Rodgers to get the best of them at the end. I'm really excited to see this new offense with Matt LaFleur, and I think that tonight they're going to be like, okay, against one of the better defenses in the NFL, they're going to show everybody, all these people who kept doubting them over the offseason saying that, Oh, Lafleur and Rogers' relationship is is rocky, and we can just finally stop talking about all that ridiculousness and watch it. They're a good pair. Sure. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah, let's uh, let's break down a few things about that. So let's go let's go back into the off season with all of this jazz about the relationship between Rogers and Lafleur. I know we've touched on it a couple times, but like I said, this is an episode to get more back into more in detail conversations and and in depth analysis so I know you thought that was all very silly he just came out uh, earlier this week and it was asked once again about the power that Aaron Rodgers has and yeah. audibles and whatnot he got pretty aggressive yeah. with the media how did you or what what's your takeaway from that and has your stance on that changed at all I don't think I saw or heard that honestly you want to pull up the audio yeah let's, let's listen take, to some audio let's take a look at it every call talk at the combine you mentioned that audibles weren't a big part of um, the you guys just will not stop with this audible well, thing. It's, it's, it's unbelievable. What do, you, what do you guys want me to say? No, I, I, I find it interesting that um, it hadn't been a big part of it in the past, but maybe it's going to be now. Um, how do you, is that going to be a big adjustment on your part? Yeah, I, I think that we've always had adjustments within our plays. Like, it's just we called it something different. And the fact that I didn't call it an audible, everybody's running wild with it. So uh, I, it's, it's comical to me, but... Like I said, I feel good with what what, we, what we've got in our plan, how we've gotten to this point, and I'm confident that uh, he's got a total command and control of, of what we're trying to get done. All right, so that yeah. audio was from September 3rd. Obviously, when he says he, he's yeah. talking about quarterback Aaron Rodgers. Right. So, you know, I uh, when that happened, I actually mm-hmm. felt pretty good. Like, I liked that he's getting a little more aggressive, especially yeah. as a rookie head coach. Yeah. I mean, this has been a storyline all off season about the relationship between these mm-hmm. two, specifically yeah. this part of it. So w- yeah. what's your takeaway from that? I just, I mean, you know me, and we talked a little bit about this in our off season pre- preview episodes and, and wrap ups is that I just, this has been so overblown and sure. When you get two guys in a room who are very smart guys, they're going to butt heads because that's how you grow. You know, Iron sharpens iron, sort okay. of. You know what I mean? And I feel like at some point, Aaron Rodgers was just walking all over Mike McCarthy, and that's why it didn't work. 
And, you know, Aaron Rodgers is one of the, often called the most talented quarterback ever. Sure. So, yeah, maybe he has, and he certainly has a bravado about him. We know that he has an ego and he's hyper confident. Yeah. So I think that at times that became detrimental to him and Mike McCarthy in the relationship where he would just change a play because he was like, I can do this. I want this play. It'd be this play. Right. And I think that at the start of his relationship, LaFleur was like, look, I know what you do great. I've watched all the film on you. I want to make you better. And, but I need you to work within my offense because I have a good offense and I'm going to tailor it to you, but you can't just say, I don't feel like running this play. Let's run this play. So I feel like maybe the media saw some of those conversations or heard some, you know, residue from those conversations and thought, oh my God, there's tension. They hate each other. Right. And no, I think it's really, LaFleur was like, look, this is how I'm going to make you better. And then this is how you can make me better. We're going to work together. And I just, I think that I like what he said there where he was like, I don't know why you guys are running wild with this whole audible thing. Right. Like there's, there's room for movement in every play. And, and he didn't say this, but he's alluding to the fact that Aaron's a smart guy. He knows how to maneuver within the play to find the, the most, the most yards or, or the most successful play. And right. I believe that that combo gets it done. You know what I mean? I, I just, I, I am baffled that people still want to make this a story and they're going to come out tonight. And like I said, I have them winning tonight and I don't think it's going to be winning big. I think it's going to be a close game because the Bears are a good team, like I said. Sure. But I feel like they're going to win tonight and they're going to show we're really good offense. Yeah, I hope so. Uh, I'm rooting for that to happen. <laughs> Do you feel... I mean, how do you feel about it? You know what I how mean? About yeah, the whole... About all this stuff. I mean, I feel like I've run... I've been very <laughs> I've been very steadfast to my point, but you haven't really said much about how you felt about it. Yeah, I mean, it's daunting. I think it's daunting as an organization that, for the most part, has been so... Like, this is this is new territory for the Green Bay Packers. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, I mean, McCarthy's been there for... Or he was there for... Almost ten years, I if think not more. It was, I think, more than well, because he had yeah. Favre, and then here had Rogers, and Rogers is. So, um, with all that being said, like this is something that the organization, not only the fans, but the organization, doesn't know. They haven't right. experienced this yet, exactly. and especially and you nailed it on the head. There's no denying that Aaron Rodgers has probably an over the top arrogance about him. I think part of it has and, been earned, and most fans love it. To be honest. Well, Green Bay Packers fans love it. I most, know most, other Packer people... fan, most Packer fans love it. Hate it. I'm not even a Packer fan, and I'm not, you know, it's weird for me, because you know me, I don't normally like guys who are cocky. That's true. But I love Aaron Rodgers' spirit. That's fascinating. <laughs> I never really thought about that, because you're so correct when you say that. So I was hesitant, uh, and I still am, but to see how yeah. this will develop and continue to grow. But I do think a lot of it has been off season. We need to make some things. Right. So like we hear some inklings about uh-huh. how Aaron Rodgers, he said he wants to, he has been doing this for a long time and has seen a lot of things. And they're like, oh, well, that means he's going to change everything. And so <laughs> it's a lot of us as media members speculating right. and twisting words and right. taking stories to make them seem more clickbaity. Absolutely. So let me ask you this. Um, getting into this, let's say that you're wrong about tonight. Green Bay goes down and they start out struggling with the season. Um, I don't know. Are you looking at the I'm schedule the right schedule. now? As soon as you said that, I wanted to bring up the schedule. Okay. To see what this looks like, but keep going. So let's just get in a hypothetical. Let's say okay. in the first quarter of the season, the first four weeks, yeah. they go 
one and three, even two and two. So that's 500. Not great. I think there's a lot of expectations with this team right now. Yeah. How many stories are we going to hear about the relationship between the head coach? I mean, it'll probably be one of the top stories. Unless, unless they are losing, you know, 35 to 30 games like that. Yeah. It'll probably be the top story, you know? Um, But I'm looking at this and, you know, this is not an easy game tonight, and then week two they play the Vikings, and then they have the Broncos at home, and then, or yeah, the Broncos at home, and then the Eagles at home, and then the then the it's Cowboys, an and then the Cowboys at home. So you know the Broncos I see as a win, but other than that, a lot of these other ones are tough games. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I actually, when we get into our season preview, I actually have Green Bay starting ridiculously hot, so I just don't see this happening. <laughs> okay, but still, I you're right. I mean that'll be the number one thing, and in. More Would that be warranted? I mean... Obviously, we don't know. Again, this is a I pure really, hypothetical. I think but. that it'll be warranted in terms of the media said it would be an issue. So, you know, the the team struggles. They're like, that's... See? I told you. But I, I'm, I'm pretty certain it probably won't be. You know, I, I think that there will be other things where we'll look at maybe the defense, the young talent isn't playing up to what we know their potential is. You know, or maybe... Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams aren't taking the step forward that we believe that they can and will. You know, I I really don't, or somebody gets injured, God forbid, knock on wood. But I really don't, I I just, I find it really hard to look at this matchup and say, that's what's going to snap through them. You know, I I just, I don't don't know, I don't know why I feel so strong about that. I mean, I like it. I like that. uh, I find it hard to believe. But like I said, I, I, I went through my whole season thing yesterday. Okay. I had off work yesterday. I was packing for our apartment. And when I was, I had some stuff done, I sat down and I, I went through and I picked every game. Now, there, okay. first of all, there's a, there's, there's a pro and a con to this by going game by game instead of just saying this team's going to be 10 and 6. The pro is that you aren't hooked on to having to, you know, look at a team in a vacuum. Okay. You go one by one at the end of the year. You're like, oh, okay, that's the what the record is. You know what I mean? Because I picked it game by game. But that's also a con at times because when you're picking for, say, your own team like Buffalo, you're like, well, that's a win. Well, that's a win. Well, that's a win. <laughs> so, so you know, it's, it's a pros and cons. I find more often than not, though, when I go game by game from the beginning of the season, the records are closer than when I, you know, just look at it and say, okay, that's a tendency. Pure speculation. Game. Exactly. Um, but I'm pretty sure, let me, I just want to check this again, one. I'm pretty sure I have them starting seven or eight, you know. Oh my. Yeah. Wow. I think that, I, I think I have their first losses either at the Chiefs on Sunday night or at the Chargers the next week. That's, I think that's, I have their first loss. Well, that would be very exciting. I really, like I said, I, like I said, I think they win tonight and I think that, you know, we're not high on the Vikings. I have them beating them, and then you know they have the Eagles at home. That that Cowboys game week five is tough, yeah, especially in Dallas. But Aaron Rodgers has really owned Dallas. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, like I said, I and then then the Lions at home, the Raiders at home. Those are those are wins. And like I said, I think that Sunday night I either had them winning by like one point or losing that game. But if they didn't, I definitely had them losing to at LA for the Chargers. But uh, yeah, I have them starting really hot. And like I said, I think we talked about this in the offseason, but I have them being the number one seed in the NFC. I think you have gone yeah, on. Yeah, so, so we'll see what said happens. said that last but, year, though, too. 
But yeah, I, I pretty I high up there. I don't, I don't, I brought, my, year, I don't right? know if I brought my my paper with this on it because I know I did it, but I think I left it at home. <laughs> oh dang it! But we're, I mean, we're gonna do our full on season thing on this weekend, so <laughs> you'll hear about it. <laughs> All right, so let's shift gears a little bit. Still talking about this game. What are yeah. you looking for specifically? Let's take Aaron Rodgers and LaFleur's relationship looking out of forward, it. What are you looking for specifically in this game? You know, tonight? looking forward to or just... What are you looking at? Like, What, what am you... I going to look at? Okay, I want to look at the running back usage for Chicago. Okay. I think this is talked about... Well, I want to look at the running back usage for Green Bay as well. I want to see if he's... What really a Rossi thing to do. Aaron Jones. But, I mean... It is a Rossi thing to do, but also I feel like these are two of the more interesting backfields in the NFL. Okay. Because everybody wants hashtag free Aaron Jones. That was the thing all year last year. And near the end of the year, they finally did. I know I had him on a lot of my fantasy teams, and he helped me win three titles last year. Okay. So, and I do have him in one of my major leagues. So, I'm actually kind of worried about it because I I think I told you about this. My core four in my shoreline league, where where I work, is Devontae Freeman. And Julio Jones, and then Devontae Adams, and Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones. So I actually said that to one of my coworkers, and then one of the other girls who works in the kitchen was like, "Those all four of those names sounded like they were just variations." <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I guess the, like, the Jones brothers, the Jones and, and the Devontes. Yeah. Um, What's well, a Devonta? It's true. So he gets to be special. <laughs> Bravo and brava. Uh, but anyway, I really am looking forward to see if Aaron Jones gets. The bulk of the carries, like we think he will, and the touches, and the you know they've been talking about using him more in the past catching game. So we know he does have that skill set, and we'll just see if they use it. Uh, but like I said, the Chicago backfield is so fascinating because people are touting David Montgomery, the rookie, so highly, and I he, find that fascinating. Well, but here's the thing, and I I've been listening to a fantasy football podcast recently this summer, the fantasy footballers. I really love them. I do think I really, you guys. I really think that we have a similar vibe. Where <laughs> I really do. I like when I listen to the show, it's just, it's three, three buddies just talking about football and having fun with it. You know what I mean? We, we talk serious things, but I think what makes our podcast good is we're more often than not positive and we're just having fun talking about what we love. We are. Shut up. <laughs> I hate this time. Um, but regardless, it's the worst part the, of my The week. interesting thing is that I know that I know that you hate preseason football, but there are things that can be learned from it. And what I learned was David Montgomery in the first preseason game got all the first team snaps in the first drive and they shut him down the rest of the preseason. To me that says this is our guy. Sure. And we're using him. So, you know Tariq Cohen's going to get his usage, but they've even talked in the offseason yeah. about using him less. Yeah, they used they him would too dial much it down year. a little bit. So, and then you have the veteran Mike Davis who came over from Seattle as well, which I don't know what his usage will be like, but still, mm. you know, we're looking at this and I am fascinated to see if, you know, the signs all point towards David Montgomery being the bell cow with Tariq sprinkled in every now and then on a couple third downs or even just when they want to run, you know, you would a, think so. a tricky play. Absolutely. Um, but it, it points to David Montgomery fitting right into the Jordan Howard role, expanded even more because he's a pass catcher as well. So I want to see if that's what's going to happen or if they're going to do a by committee or if they're just going to do, you know, a, a duo of, of Montgomery and Cohen and split it down. So we'll see what happens. And I we will not obviously see the whole picture right. for tonight's game. But I'm, I'm, I'm very interested to see that, you know. And I I really think that, you know, I'm all, I know obviously we're excited I'm, to see if the Green Bay defense takes a step forward. Uh, but I really, you know, 
all the skill positions are fascinating tonight because, you know, you have Devontae Adams, but who's going to be the number two receiver? Will it be Geronimo or Marquez, Valdez, Scantling? Yeah. Will, you know, Chicago, does Allen Robinson continue on the tear that he had in that playoff game against Philly where he had 10 catches for 140 some yards? I was excited to see him a lot. You know, he had, and, and, and I heard, and I, we were always listening to him. Uh, fantasy footballers earlier, and they were talking about how in the last seven games, uh, seven of the last eight games, Robinson had seven plus targets in all those games. So I mean, they started to use him more. But then, who's the number two? Does Anthony Miller take a step forward? Does Riley Ridley, the fourth round rookie out of Georgia, come up big? You know, so there's just a lot of skill position questions. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna. I think what I'm most interested to see. Uh, really is that number two wide receiver for Green Bay who yeah. it's going to be. I mean, right now, with everything that I've been reading and, and hearing, uh, Geronimo is going to be their slot receiver. Right. So he, I mean, if you think about like depth chart just orders, and he's right. the number three, that doesn't Four necessarily unquote, mean but, anything. But, I mean, if you talk about that, Julian Edelman is the Pats number three because sure. he starts in the slot, but he's their number one guy. Sure. <laughs> so, but technically speaking... Right. Marquez Valdez scaling will be on the outside, mm-hmm. depending on. I'm not exactly sure how this Bears defense will operate, but more mm-hmm. often than not, they, um, I believe they usually keep Fuller with their number ones. Is that does that ring a bell with you? I think so. I think so as well. Although the defense could be different because Vic Fangio is not there. Right. We're gonna have. Uh, um, oh my gosh! Totally blanking. Chuck Pagano on on the sideline for Chicago's defense. So, but we're talking about Marquez Valdez-Scanling going up against the number two Prince Mukamara, mm-hmm. more likely than not, unless they do play where they just stick their sides of the yeah. field. And we'll then see if LaFleur is able to take advantage yeah. of, of certain things. So we'll see how this second-year wide receiver is able to step up. Showed a lot of promise in a lot of different areas. You all right? Was he a draft pick or he was uh, He was the fifth round, yeah, because okay. they took... Jamon Moore in the fourth, who was cut. They took Marquez Valdez-Scantling and then Equinemius St. Brown, who's unfortunately injured. So, But I know he put in a lot of work. He worked with uh, Randy Moss in the offseason, which uh, Vikings guys hated. He was like 6'4". 6'4", yeah. very similar to, uh, to Randy. He ran one of the fastest combine times uh, his year. Yeah. So a lot of a lot of potential. And I know like, you have a share of him in the like. I do. I'm, I'm pretty, pretty high on him. So I feel like Green Bay... I've always had this thing about Pittsburgh Steelers second round second round wide receivers. Yeah. If you go there, you know they're gonna be good. Yeah. Green Bay has a huge track record of second year wide receivers yeah. taking a big leap. Okay. So I mean we saw it with with all of the Green Bay Packer receivers we have liked over the last handful of years. Jordy Nelson took the big year yeah. leap to Greg Jennings, Devontae. Uh, Devontae. Do you know what blew my mind the other day? Was the draft that Devontae Adams was in? Why? I did not know. He was in the draft with Sammy Watkins, Odell Beckham Jr. That was the draft he was in. Oh, yeah. Did you know that? Uh, I mean, I knew that. I guess I didn't really put it together. It just like that blew my mind. I thought he was, he'd been in the league for longer than that. Oh, no. You know what I mean? That makes him, what, a fifth-year receiver? Because wasn't that the 2014 draft? I thought this, I don't know. Actually, now I'm confused. 2014. No, that's this draft. It's Odell Beckham, Mike Evans, Sammy Watkins, Kelvin Benjamin, John Brown, Brandon Cooks, Jordan Matthews, Devontae. At, what is that? Is it Devon? Is this the same draft? I could have sworn it was the same draft. I know he was the second round pick. So, 
It was whatever year Derek Carr was drafted, because they were teammates. Fresno. Fresno State. So I want to see how he goes up against these yep, more likely than not second round or these number two corners. And if he's able to take these just God-given abilities of his height and his speed combination and hook up with Aaron Rodgers. But also, he's not just solely a go-route guy. He showed a lot of improvement well, over the year again, and what's improving his routes. So. If you watch it last year... Marquez worked a lot in the slot last year, and yeah. Geronimo worked a lot outside, and now they've kind of swapped roles here in this offseason. So it's interesting to see if they both find their niche a little bit more now with that. But you're right, uh, Devontae was a second-round pick in that 2014 draft. Uh, and it's funny, they, they in this, this is an article talking about the, that draft specifically, and it said Ted Thompson's previous three second-round receivers were Greg Jennings, Jordy Nelson, and Randall Cobb. Oh, yeah, Randall and... That's right about him. That's so pretty awesome. Yeah. So second, second. Well, that second round wide receiver is really great point. So also, I guess like if Green Bay could put them in the Pittsburgh talk. <laughs> so, That's true. Though. I mean, <laughs> none of those receivers are second round picks. <laughs> I digress. So I'm very excited to see how that goes. Yeah. And just the the defense as a whole. Yeah. Well, see, and I I, I mean, it's hard because we talked about this a little bit where Nagy is really good at scripting offense but last year he showed at times he struggled with the adjustments right but their offense worked best to start the first half and is coming out to start the second half because he's able to script 15 to 20 plays and script them very well so we'll see what this offense looks like and if they continue to be successful you know but in this defense because i hesitated to say this is a, a good challenge for green bay because maybe it won't be. Maybe this offense won't finish what part of me what a lot of people think it will. You know. Yeah. So so we'll see what happens. They were kind of a middle of the pack offense last year, I believe. I don't know what they ended up ranking, but I don't. They didn't really blow the doors off of Lamar. No, teams. no. Won most of the other defense and uh, Trubisky taking care of the ball. So we'll see what happens. But you know, they're young secondary in Green Bay. Uh, it, what happened with Rashawn Gary? I know he got hurt in the preseason, but is he okay? Uh, the last that I actually haven't heard anything about that, which I assume is a good thing. Because I remember, uh, I remember it was week one or two, we saw a highlight of it, and he had gotten hurt. Right. It was uh, it was the week three against Oakland, okay. which is when we expected to see uh, Aaron Rodgers, right. and we didn't because right. of the weird Toronto things and whatnot. Uh, the field conditions, not Toronto, yeah. um, but the game in Canada. I haven't heard anything about it. Um, I'm pretty sure he is supposed to play tonight. Okay. Um, I know like it wasn't as big an injury like equanimous yeah. or anything where he's expected to miss game time. So I think he should be out on the field, and we'll we'll see how that goes. I know there's a lot of uh, pressure on that young man and uh, from fans. Yeah, and I do remember you were upset with the pick, but it's not who you wanted. It wasn't who I wanted, yeah. and I, I do know when we talked about it, like during the draft coverage, I was saying yeah, if, he's fine, buddy. If he was going to be like the sole relied on one, I wouldn't feel comfortable with that. But knowing he's able to be a rotational player right yeah. now, I, I'm okay with that. So I mean, again, we're talking about they got both Preston Smith and Zadarius Smith in yeah. the offseason. Well, so I mean, they they totally got guys on this team. Yes. So it's 
It's going to be fascinating. And hey, revenge game for the safeties. That's that's <laughs> so right. That was actually, I was going to throw that out. I have two more things to talk about with this game. Yeah. So I'll just use that as the segue. Who has the bigger game? Yeah. It's Adrian Amos. Why? Just because Adrian Amos is the better player. And I, I, I just, it was so funny to me. Remember when we were talking about, you talked about this when this happened. When you were like, oh, you basically swap players and we got the better player, but it, like Chicago thought they won. Yes. And I was like, no, Adrian Amos is the better player. Yeah, and, I agree. And I think that he... Maybe we have some PSC bias, but... Maybe, but still, <laughs> I just, I really think that he's the better playmaker and he's he's very good at stepping up into the box and finishing tackles off. So, and I think that's exactly what Green Bay needs because they need a play playmaker on the back end because when was Green Bay's defense... So what do you mean by playmaker, though? So here's the thing. What, when was Green... Think about Green Bay when they won the Super Bowl. Yeah. Who do they have playmaking on the back end? Charles Woodson. Charles Woodson. They, they, that's when Green Bay was the best. When they had a guy back there who could make plays, who can, you know... They had a lot of playmakers, catch, They though. did, though. But I'm saying that they, they, who the can Collins, intercept those passes, get that key pass deflection... On on third down when you need to get the ball back, well, and then you know then you have guys up front. Hopefully, Rashawn Gary, but then you also Preston Smith. I believe he came over from Washington, had a good yeah. good pass rusher, and then you hope Rashawn Gary is. You know that Darius Smith is with Baltimore. Yeah. So you got guys that can rush. You need a guy in the back end who can capitalize on you know poor passes, poor decision making, and Adrian Amos has proven to be that guy. See, I think that's fascinating because I'm going to disagree with you a little okay. bit on that. I do believe, okay. I agree full-heartedly that Adrian Amos is a better safety okay. than HaHa Clinton Dix. Okay. But not from a playmaking okay. point of view. Okay. That was, I think, HaHa's calling card was okay. he was going to be the guy, especially the last handful of years, that came up with the interception. I think Adrian... Mm -hmm is so solid in his coverage. He mm -hmm. won't allow big plays to happen. He doesn't necessarily come up with the big plays, but he prevents them from happening. I feel like that's why they went out and drafted Savage with their second first-round pick he is a because he's a big playmaker. <laughs> I think I talked about this earlier. Um, I think they're, gonna, they're, they're taking a play from Chicago's playbook of letting Amos be back there, be super solid, and then let Savage be the Eddie Jackson. And that's one reason why I feel like Chicago might struggle more on the back end because now they don't have one really reliable. They're going to have two try-to-go-for-the-big-play guys. And I feel like they could get burned because of that. So the stats certainly agree with you, considering Adrian Amos has three career interceptions and HaHa Clinton-Dix has 14. <laughs> um, I didn't realize it was that many. Clinton-Dix does have three more years in the NFL. Or two more years. He was drafted in 2014, and Amos was in, drafted in 15. One, two, three, four. Math. One, two, three, four, five. I'm confused. Well, it was just like oh, his rookie years. I know, but like I'm looking at this, and it's I see one, two, three, four, five, six. Oh, the first one's 14, and this is only one, two, three, four, and the first one's 15. Uh, That's confusing. Know. Oh, it was one of those with, like, last year of, like, the Green Bay stats and Washington stats. Oh, that's true. No, you're right. That's why. Okay. Yeah, so, so Haha does have one extra year. Uh, he did have one year with Green Bay where he had five picks. So And he's been – he was a pretty good safety and definitely looked like he was emerging. But again, but again I also – I also deem – you might you might be right, but I also deem playmaking not always. And like I said, right, playmaking I think, isn't always interceptions. It is no, like a key pass breakup. Yes, or and that Amos is great at block, that. Amos know? is better at so that I, than 
huge yeah. game altering. So I, say, so, I, so I guess it's overall playmaking skills, not just the, you know, what we're talking about. But you're right. I mean, he, I, I do think he's the better safety. So, so is he, I mean, he's only 26 years old. Haha is also only 26 years old. Um, so, I mean, we'll, we'll definitely see. Uh, one of the just around our age. What are we doing? <laughs> We're here hosting simultaneous catch. That's right. Uh, but yeah, so it should be fun. It should be a lot of fun. And we'll catch like maybe the last quarter. <laughs> All right. So the final part to wrap up this part of the conversation, you've already said you have Green Bay winning. Yeah. But tell have, me, tell me more specifically about it. So I have this again. I have this being a really great game, and I had this thought. I was coming. I was driving over, and I was listening to my podcast. They were talking about last year, and they were like, last year was a stinker. And I was like, I remember that being a fun game. It was 18 to 12. And they were, I mean, they're talking from a fantasy football perspective. But also. 18 I, to 12? Yeah, see, that was the score last year. It was year. 20 to nothing. Was last or, year? I don't know if it was. Yeah. No, 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 no. no. They're talking about, they were talking about opening night. Th- Eagles-Falcons. Oh. Thursday night football okay. opening game. Okay. It was 18-12 Philly. Okay. But I sat there, and I was like, I guess to an outside observer more casual fans or even just general fans, you know, a game like that might not seem like a good game. And I just, I decided, I think that I'm weird, <laughs> period. But I also think that I'm strange when it comes to football period. because to me, as long as the game is one possession, I consider it a good game. Okay. That, I don't that, think that's strange. That's my What bar. makes that strange? Because a lot of people, like, if... If it's a six nothing game, people are like, "That's a bad game." I mean, like, I wouldn't find it entertaining, but I understand. I mean, like, like, we watched, that criteria. Like I said, like I said, that wild card game, Buffalo versus Jacksonville. First of all, that's hard because it's my team, but still, ten to three. I thought that was a great. Game. Uh, I thought that was. A I love that too. game, but I'm saying that you know a lot of people may not see that. We're eighteen to twelve. The, the, there's there's drama. You know what I mean? There's oh my gosh, somebody has a chance to get it, and that's what I mean. And they game. really did. I mean, I, uh, <laughs> they were down. Last year, the Falcons were down in the red zone. Yeah. And they almost hit Julio for the touchdown. They and just... it was like almost the exact repeat of what happened in, this, in the playoffs that year before where Julio couldn't get it. That's so true. It, it was fascinating. I loved it. It was so cool. And to hear guys that talk about football be like, oh, it was a stinker. I was like, I thought it was a great game. But still, <laughs> still, regardless, I really do. I expect this game to be a very, very good game. It's just there's so much history here. The longest running rivalry in the NFL – to celebrate the 100th year kickoff, kickoff. This is their 99th meeting between the teams. It's a little upsetting that it didn't perfectly get to 100 on the 100th season. But it, is there 99? It's their 99th meeting. Wait, no. It's like each of them has like one, like 99. Are you? I thought I could have sworn I heard it was 99. Well, because they've been playing for that long, but they have two games each. So let's, we might want to look this up because I thought I heard. I thought I heard them talking about it this morning on Good Morning Football. Uh, I thought they said the 99th meeting. Um. But again, I expect it to be a very tight contest, back and forth the whole way, and I really expect, excuse me, did you find it? Yes. What is it? It is the 100, this will be the 199th time they've played. That's what it is. Okay, so there, there was 99 on there. 199. <laughs> but regardless, so I I expect it to be close all the way, I expect it to be back and forth. What I see happening at the end of this game is I see Mitch Trubisky hitting, you know, Allen Robinson or Anthony Miller for a touchdown in the red zone late. Okay. About, like, two minutes left. And I oh, think man. Aaron Rodgers does his thing. And he says, oh, yeah, that's right. You all forget, forgot about me and counted me out. Here I am. Ooh. Win this game. I say I say it's going to be 31-28. 
Dang. Well, that would be exciting, mm-hmm. especially for that ending, because I'd get to see it again. Like I because did I see, year. because I see them having to score the touchdown. Okay. So it's gonna be like twenty four twenty one in the fourth quarter. Trubisky gets the touchdown, so it's twenty eight twenty four. They need the touchdown, and they get it and win the game. Fun stuff. Yeah. So right now, the overall record. Can you can you guess what the record is right now? It's got to be tie. So it's one hundred and ninety nine, right? So it's got. So it's one hundred ninety eight right now. Okay, so it's got to. It's got to be. Give you a hundred dollars if you can figure this out. I, I think it's got to be within <laughs> one game. So I'm gonna say. Hold on, let me. And I feel I, like you're Googling it. No, no, no. no. I, I'll show you. <laughs> I just want to divide this by two to see what it would be if it were even. So it'd be 99 and 99. I'm going to say it's like 101 Packers, 97 Bears. You know, this is interesting because I feel like this number has equal. to. No, I feel like it has to be maybe like before they. Before. It merged or something. Okay. Or maybe because they're not, the official... Or maybe, they're, maybe they're not counting playoff games or are counting playoff games. Possibly. That could be it. Because they played a lot in the playoffs. That's true. Well, that's a pretty good guess. What was it? Uh, it is Packers have the slight lead 97, okay. 95, okay. So and yeah, 6. They've tied 6 times? That's what this is. Wow. That's what uh, the reports are saying. Shit. <laughs> no, that, that math adds up. It does? Yeah, because it's 6, uh, 97 plus 2 is the 99, and then it's plus 4 to the 99. I you just made that too much for me. So, so regardless, there's a, six this, game this different, a there's a six-game differential. Evenly split is 99 to 99. Okay. So you take two two of those wins off for Green Bay and four off for Chicago. That's equal six, which is the six times. Oh, I guess like counting on 98 yeah. could be the yeah. playoff games. That counts. Or maybe it's not. I don't know. Regardless... Regardless. So they'll also be celebrating their 200th game when Chicago goes to Green Bay, Bay. Yeah, which will also be cool. So I've been thinking about this all day. At first, I, I woke up this morning. I was like, okay, Chicago is going to win the game. Okay. Um, I just, I feel fairly confident in that still. Um, okay. I think, I mean, and not for any particular diss on Green Bay. It's just this game is in Chicago. Okay. This game is going to be the first real mm-hmm. game action of the LaFleur era. And we haven't seen Aaron Rodgers play in the preseason or anything like that. So I think not that that is a huge deal. It could be a benefit. I know some people are talking about how Chicago's defense doesn't really know mm-hmm. what this offense looks like with Aaron Rodgers at the helm. Aaron Rodgers is 17-5 and five against the Bears. He does. And and so but this is the – I started thinking last year they went into Chicago mm-hmm. in week 15. that we They fired McCarthy. So they had Joe Philbin at the helm, and it was a one-possession game. So it's not like Chicago blew it out or anything. And that made me really start thinking about how Aaron Rodgers has had good success in Chicago. And I think he has... I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure they were in Chicago that Week 17 game where on 4th and 8 he hit Randall Cobb. Yeah, it was. It was after he came back from his collarbone yeah. injury that, that year. So it has a, a lot of success and, I think, confidence in Chicago. But I think there's just so many things going against the team. Okay. And I don't think that this is not necessarily going to dictate what this means for the division or anything okay. going forward. Okay. Think of last year. So Chicago lost week one. They right. went on to have a record of 12-4. and four. Right. They won the division. Everything was fine. I don't yeah. think if Green Bay loses this game, it's the world's falling. 
Aaron Rodgers came out earlier this week and was talking about how this offense still needs time to evolve and grow, and it's going to do that throughout the entire season. So no matter what happens in this game, nobody freak out. Yeah. And and I, I feel yeah. that. So I'm definitely rooting for Green Bay. I think it will be a close game. I think it is going to be one of those one-possession games. I yeah. don't think it's going to be Green Bay 17, Chicago 35. No, I don't see that at all. I think close game. Rooting for Green Bay, but I'm thinking right now the line, the stars are just more aligned okay. for a head coach that's been there okay. longer. Home field, Chicago's going to be booming. Okay. So, regardless, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. So you shoot down my season prediction replay. I do. I think you're wrong. <laughs> but what else is new? What else is new? All right. I feel like we covered that pretty darn well. Anything yeah. else you want to add before we uh, talk no, about a couple no, of other I'm things? A little sad we're not going to get to watch the whole game. but well, I'm very sad. But we're hopefully we're going to start rehearsal earlier today, so I hopefully mean, we get out early enough to catch most, most you, of it. You know, for the first time ever, I'm going to be going and getting all those props set up for everyone else so we can like just go. <laughs> all right. Let's talk about a few other things. Um, let's talk about Ezekiel Elliott and the Dallas Cowboys. Let's talk about it. So it's actually a four-year extension added on to the two years he has left, making it a six-year contract worth $90 million. But it's, I think it's 50 or 60 million guaranteed. Yeah, it's a big number. It's a lot of money. And I, I haven't looked at the particulars. I'd love to see the breakdown of what, what part of it is incentives, what part of it can be withheld if he has on the off the field issues. Sure. I'd love to see, you know, the breakdown of year by year to see things like that. To see maybe did they backload the contract, you know, knowing that he may not make it all that way. Yeah. Give him a big roster bonus, signing bonus. I don't know. But I mean so many people have said you don't need a good running back to win and I think it's the silliest thing in the world. Okay. That people say that. I mean I mean I know that you don't have to have a world beater like Ezekiel Elliott to win the Super Bowl. But you need to have a very good running back to win the Super Bowl. Sure. So, I mean, who? the Patriots' uh, playoff MVP last year was Sonny Michel. I mean, it was Julian Edelman. Well, Julian Edelman was great. But I'm just saying that, <laughs> I'm just saying that without Sonny Michel, the Pats don't make it to the Super Bowl and win the Super Bowl. Okay. And I'm confident about that. Oh, did that. you say pre- or postseason? Or postseason. M- oh, okay. Yeah. I thought you said Super Bowl. No, 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 no. The, like the postseason. Oh, yeah, I agree. Uh, but regardless, I, I think that, it, you know, you had to give them this money. And what's really cool is they have their four of their starting five offensive linemen locked up until 2023, along with Zeke. Yeah, so they, they, just, have they also gave Lyle Collins their together, extension. So. And they have them together for a long time. So we're going to see how this affects Dak Prescott's deal. And then if they can get Amari Cooper as well, we'll see that's a sticky situation. Now there's less and less money to go around. And they still have defensive talent that that's going to be coming up. That's right. So we'll see what happens. But, I mean, props to Zeke. He's a hell of a player. A lot of people would consider him the best running back in football. I mean, I don't, but... All right, yeah, so actually I'm going to stop you right there. So, like you said, it's a six-year extension, $90 million. extension that makes it a six-year deal. Oh, right. Six-year, but... I, or is it six years? No, it's a six-year. It's, year, it's an eight-year deal. So it's, oh, a hun- it's 103 okay. million dollars over, over the eight six, year. Over eight over years. Over eight years. It's well, 90 over a six. Okay. He's the first cowboy to ever get a 100 million dollar deal. So he must. So he must have gotten a lot. He must have gotten a signing bonus that was pretty big. But he must still be playing the next two years under his original cap hit. 
and then it must. Yeah, I don't. Must, I don't know the true it must breakdown. Leap for the last six years, because if it's six years, ninety million after that, you know what I mean? Maybe that's what it is. Is he's got? He still has a two-year, twelve to thirteen million contract that he's going to play out, and then it goes into the six-year, ninety million. Yeah, I'm not it's sure. It's got to be something like that. How the breakdown is? I just do know it's the hundred and three right. over eight. Yeah. So. Like I said, first Dallas Cowboy to ever hit that million-dollar yeah. uh, plateau, which is yeah. coming more common. But right. for, I mean, for a running back, that's huge. I mean, it's the only it's running back to ever get it. Huge. So you're saying that you don't think that Ezekiel Elliott is the best back oh, in no, the NFL? I, uh, I believe you said that goes to Todd Gurley. Still, is that is that true? Does that change? I mean, I think that this year it's going to change. Because actually, I think it's Saquon Barkley. Okay. But I, you know, it's hard to put Gurley because of injury concerns. But if we're wiping out injury concerns, I still think Todd Gurley's a better running back. And I would still take a healthy David Johnson over Zeke as well. But oh, again, so okay. like I said, I think I running backs are booming. I, love him. I think running backs are booming, especially this year. There are so many good, very good running backs in the league. But it's hard to... You know, it's hard to compare a guy like David Johnson, who has arguably the worst offensive line in the NFL, yeah. to Ezekiel Elliott, who has arguably the very best. Absolutely one of the best. In the NFL. So it's hard to compare those things. But, you know, Zeke is one of the best running backs. He's one of the top five running backs in the league right now. And you get, you got to give the guy that runs your offense the money. And you talked about this, about how without Zeke, you know the Cowboys sputtered, and you know we—I don't know if we debunked it, but they weren't as—they weren't—they weren't as bad as you thought they were without him. But still, the team needs Ezekiel on this team if they want to win Super Bowl, and they are a team with Super Bowl aspirations this year. Aspirations this year. Sure, absolutely, I agree. So, what does this mean for running backs moving forward? So this kind of really—I don't think this changes much. I feel like this, the, this like crushed the ceiling of what it was. I mean, it does, but I don't think it changes much because Melvin Gordon's still not going to get the money he wants. Okay, and gonna... who's the next guy? Who's the next guy? Kamara is. In yeah, McCaffrey. he's going to be coming up. They're Kamara, both going to be coming up. The, the guys are years. coming up, but I don't think either of them. But even that Kamara, money. I mean, he was a think... third round pick, so he's making. Kamara, Kamara, eight hundred thousand. Kamara might reach girly or a little bit less than girly numbers simply because he's a number one back and a number two receiver. Sure. You know what I mean? So I think that he probably could reach those numbers as well. But, and, and, and McCaffrey, but I don't think either of them get close to this. I don't know. I feel like, I don't want to use the word dangerous. I don't think that's necessarily the right word. But this put huge pressure on owners now. I mean, and I understand that, but I mean, you're, you're talking to the guy who loves running backs, and I think that running backs deserve to be paid this much money, especially considering how much punishment they take. I feel like now they're going to have to, though. And Zeke said it. I don't know if you, Zeke said it today. He said he said running backs should unionize, and even if the NFL unionize, he was like, even though we have a union, running backs should have a union within the union. Yeah, they talked about that on Good Morning Football because. Too. Because of what they go through, it's just so different for running backs. Yeah. You get hit every time you touch the football. Not even sometimes. Sometimes you have to block. Exactly. You might not even have the ball, you, but you you're hit hitting into contact. You get more than any other. Uh, maybe, okay, so the, you're, you're on par with the offensive line in terms of when you get hit. Uh, and in you're terms a of lot, contact? And yeah. you're a lot smaller than them. And offensive linemen are not normally targets, and you are targeted. Right. So, I mean, you get smashed. And... 
your career is never as long as it should be or could be and get your money when you can. I, I, I think because he deserves the money. You will never hear me say he doesn't deserve the money and I think every back that gets their money deserves it as well. Yeah, I don't know. I, I just, I, I, I do agree. I think I would put Zeke up there as possibly the best back in the NFL. I think he's at least top two for me. I mean, you could make the argument and I wouldn't be like, no, that's wrong. You know what I mean? <laughs> you, you just said you don't think so. I regardless. don't, no, but what I'm saying is that I don't, I personally don't think he is, but if you looked me in the eyes and said Zeke is the best running back in the NFL, I wouldn't be like, you're dumb. I'd be like, I understand why you feel that way. I disagree, but I understand that that makes sense. You're you know always, what I mean? You're always so diplomatic. But I'm just saying there's a difference. <laughs> there's a difference between having an opinion and thinking somebody else's opinion is so far off from reality that they're dumb. Right. You're you're correct. You are <laughs> correct. But I just feel like this set a whole new wave of, of expectations yeah. and precedents that we mm-hmm. have not seen Five years ago, the running back. I mean, it's been was growing. Extinct. Like people did not. Care. People didn't care. But you it's know, it, people didn't care. I know. About I mean, when, when Buffalo traded for Shady McCoy and gave him that, that we gave him a four-year, fifty million dollar contract. Yeah, what's that now? It was Oops. the biggest. It was the biggest contract that a running back had ever seen, and people were freaking out. They're like, "Why would Buffalo do this?" They, we went. We went to the playoffs for the first time in seventeen years, because we had Shady McCoy. So I'm just saying that, like, then Shady went. And then was Gurley, or was it David Johnson after that, or was it Gurley? Gurley got his contract. Because then Gurley got his, what, $70 million, and then Le'Veon got $66 million, and now Zeke is going to get $90 million extra. So, I mean, it's it's grown in the last five years, and the reality is every position has been growing. Right. Because the cap keeps soaring, because the NFL is booming, and people, it's the most popular sport in America. And it just get, it's going to keep growing, and the money's going to keep going. I mean, there will be a time, you know, it can't grow forever. There will be a time where, it pro- hopefully, and we'll see plateaus. But for the time being, it's not so bad to be a running back anymore. Do you feel though that it might not be the best thing for the league? When, what do you mean by the league, though? Like, the NFL. It might not be the best thing for certain teams because they might lose out on some of their playmakers, but... So, but what, so what does, so Melvin Gordon, so yeah. the, so these two were paired together this offseason as the two big-ticket backs who were holding out. Yeah. I do remember, like, you asked me who was going to get the deal first. I said Zeke. Yeah. I agree. I do agree with you that... Melvin Gordon is not going to touch a football this season. Although some people said that they aren't going to be shocked if week two he just signs the tender and goes to play because he sees week one that, you know, the Chargers are steadfast with their we're not negotiating with you. But what does that what does that gain him? He doesn't make a lot of money right now. He's losing out. He's going to lose out on a lot of game checks if he does not sign his tender. It's not like he doesn't have the money to survive. He doesn't have a lot of money, though. He doesn't. This is his first contract extension. He's on his rookie deal. He's not making that much money compared to a lot of people. Well, compared to a lot of NFL players, sure. I know that, but I'm just saying that his game check is $300,000. That's a lot of money to say no to week by week. That's that, that. Those are what his game checks are right now. Okay. Plus incentives. I'm just saying, who's to say week one, the running backs struggle. The char- It looks like the Chargers need them. The Chargers still aren't going to give him the, the, the money he wants. 
and he's out $300,000 because he didn't play in a week. Well, if the running backs struggle, then that's all the more incentive for L.A. to go I know that, but I'm, but I'm just saying, you know, Gordon has been known as a team guy, and he said, I think a year or two ago, he said money can't be the only thing that drives you. It's got to be, like, he's quoted as saying that. But I feel like that and, was thrown out the window. And that's fine. That I'm just saying that, you know, I don't see you. Know, I don't see him playing. But I'm not going to be shocked if week two he's like, I don't want to lose my money here. I need to sign. I think the only way he does play is if the whole thing we talked about with the Le'Veon Bell, the week ten, if you want it to so that the count, season, season can count. Yeah, then that will be how that goes. Because I don't, I don't know. I don't see a lot of teams forking over the kind of money that Dallas did for a running. No, back. I don't see that either. I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised if a team like New Orleans did it for Kamara because the, by the time that Kamara, because Kamara still has two more years. Yes. By the time Kamara's up, it's likely, sadly, that Drew Brees will be gone. So yeah. they won't be spending a lot of money on Drew, and they're going to want need to run through their playmakers. You know they already have Michael Thomas locked up. You know I could I could see Carolina probably doling out a lot as well for McCaffrey because he's the engine of that offense as well, especially with Cam's injury history. So, but there, it's got to be the right situation. It's never going to be go get that running back like it is go get that quarterback. You know, right? But it, Dallas was the perfect storm. They know that Zeke and this offensive line run through the league no matter what. And they got them all locked up. Right. And I, I, I also feel like a huge portion of it was it's Jerry Jones. If Jerry Jones wasn't the owner of the Dallas Cowboys and, and he didn't have such an, a, yeah. a, a good, loving relationship with his players. Jerry said at week one, he said, when have I ever not gotten it done? Right. And he got it done. So, and we can go back and forth now, all of it's hearsay, but right. I was very, very intrigued by the whole two camps going at one another, and I yeah. really wavered on both parties. Like, at first I was rooting for Zeke, and then I was do Jerry. We, did we talk about it on air? We never got the chance, really, when it was a hot thing going on. I remember, I, remember, I know we talked about it. We talked it, about it personally. Yeah. So, uh, but now, both uh, Zeke's paid, and Jerry yeah. has his team. And, and they're still not going to win the division. <laughs> <laughs> We'll get our Cowboys correspondent on to. I actually, I actually, in my season predictions, I have their record being tied. I just have the Eagles having the divisional record a little bit better. Okay, fascinating, fascinating. So we will uh, hold our breath and see what happens with the running back market as the NFL continues to get reshaped of how contracts are made and Mm -hmm. how players are controlling more of their own destiny. Kind of taking a play or a page from from the NBA which I, I I still don't know how I feel about it but five year 200 million dollar contract for Stephen Curry um, I didn't I didn't even hear about that that's so. his contract that's his contract that he signed I think last year it was in the last year five years 200 million dollars I mean they play a lot more he makes 40 million dollars a year well yep regardless <laughs> moving on from from that sadness talked about ages and you're like what are we doing remember zeke's a year younger than us (laughs) thanks for that let's move on to jared goff's uh, younger than us too so yeah well he looks like ryan gosling so a little bit a little bit i feel like that's a very good comparison well that contract extension is going to be the end to la so oh wow hot take hot take right there i actually feel like you should go on record and talk about that right now i just i mean and i we we discussed this a little bit, a little yesterday. bit yesterday. 
And I, I thought that I'm not a Jared Goff fan. He's a good kid. I, I loved, <laughs> I loved, I loved. They did a little ESPN segment where he went to a Division two college and he put like a wig on, and they were like, "Yeah, this is he's a transfer. We're just gonna see what he's got." And then like the first couple plays, he did him horribly, and then he was like, "Now we're gonna rev it up." And this was like ripping passes, and they were like, "Oh, look at this kid." Uh, so like, I mean, he's a fun guy. He's a cool kid. He runs the offense well, but. We saw what happened in the Super Bowl, and you know, I I was on record during after our the the championship weekend saying that I saw you know he didn't have a very good game, but I saw you know four to five passes, and I was like, wow, that's a hell of a throw. Not a lot of guys can do that. Yeah. So he has that within him, but I'm still the believer that they didn't need to give him the money, and that Sean McVay could have run just as successful of an offense with another quarterback. I know. I, oh, I you know what I mean. I. I don't have much else to say about that. Sorry that I cut you off. But I really think that they gave him all this money. Now they're not going to have any money to pay any of their other guys when they come up. And they're out of all these draft picks these last couple of years because of the trades they made. So, Yeah, they will. But this is going to be a thing I think we're seeing with a lot of teams that are going to start handcuffing themselves. This is just a, a nature of the game. And I yeah. think it's a reason why the salary cap is a good tool so super teams can't necessarily always be created you can get them with certain situations like a rookie quarterback being on their rookie contract or or something like like that takes less sure sure but more often than not especially with we want these bigger contracts super teams can't be created for a long sustained period which i think is a positive yeah but when we talked about this uh, off the air, I said, I don't think we'll ever really know those situations. We'll never know the whole, is it Belichick or is it Brady? Yeah. We won't know if, unless, like you said, God forbid, like there's a Goff injury if McVay, if it's truly McVay's system or if Goff was able just to that was gonna be That was going to be one of my bold predictions. I was going to say that there's going to be a game this year that Goff goes down and Blake Bortles throws three touchdowns. <laughs> that was going to be one of my, uh, just to show that, he can coach any quarterback into being good. I mean, that'd be cool. Not for, I mean, if it's like a again, again, I, I, I'm, not saying, I'm not saying it's terrible. I'm not saying it's Goff is a very good NFL quarterback. He is. I just, I think that now that you cannot pay to keep the skill position players around him that are around him right now, it's gonna falter, and that's the issue. Is we talked about this with the Russell Wilson contract. We said it is. That guy worth the two to three other guys you won't be able to pay. Does he offset those guys? And I don't think Jared Goff does. And Jared Goff is lucky that this year and next year he's still going to have Cooks, Cup, and Woods mm-hmm. and Gurley. But after that, Woods is up. Yeah. Cooks is up. They just signed you know I mean? uh, their tight end. Tyler Higby <laughs> to a four-year contract. <laughs> Again, I'm just saying that. You know, he has these guys for the, ne- for the next year or two, so you probably won't see that much of a drop-off, even though we've talked about a regression for the Rams. But watch what happens when they get to the end of this contract and they don't have playmakers anymore. Yeah, they can always draft those playmakers. And can they? They got all their draft picks to get what they have now. Is that still, like, that much in the future? I don't know. Though? I don't know if it's that much anymore, but I know the last two years they haven't been able they to They haven't done a whole lot. Yeah. Especially last year. Okay, well, that was a fun little side segment. I like getting your views on those things. I would be interested to hear what other, how others feel about all that. So let's talk about what we, uh, you solemnly talked about during our mic check. And uh, Antonio Brown is back in the 
back in the media once again I have for the never, 600th time this offseason. I have never, ever been more happy that a trade did not happen. Oh my gosh, I completely completely that, forgot about that. That half hour that he was a Buffalo. Wow. Can you I, am, I feel like it'd be even worse if I he was a Buffalo. I am so happy that he is... Uh, so, let's talk about this for in case anybody who's listening doesn't know what the heck we're talking about. We're just like, we're so happy that it didn't happen. So, Antonio Brown um, obviously had a whole lot of issues this offseason. He missed time with a helmet dispute and with a foot. A foot uh, he had frostbite, which is the true Madden curse because frostbite... I don't even know what frostbite is in terms of video it's games. Their, it's their game engine. It's what creates the... Uh, motion. Okay. Players. Well, regardless, that's hilarious. That's the true Madden curse of of this year. <laughs> so, um, Mike Mayock, the general manager of the Oakland Raiders and the organization, find find Antonio Brown for his time missed and and those antics and whatnot. I should scroll through Twitter though because they did say and, there's an announcement coming today. Okay. Well, check so it out. Keep, I'll keep uh, letting this up. So yeah. Antonio Brown being. We don't even know the the word to say. He went to social media and posted the letter that Mike Mayock signed, personally stating uh, the, the fines and whatnot. And yeah, I don't even remember exactly what the post said. Something about how like the devil is in the truth, and you got to pay eventually, or some some jazz so like that. Stupid. So Mayock went down. Uh, they got into a verbal altercation. Uh, there were differing reports about this was in front of the entire team this is not behind closed doors this isn't in an office with Gruden Mayock and Antonio Brown this it's is like a, at practice this is at a practice with all the teammates there Apparently Antonio threatened to punch him that was a thing he, they said they had to be he had to be withheld at one point uh, I read something about how he punted a ball and said find me for that yep. drama in Oakland I think this is the last year they're in Oakland isn't it it's starting off yeah they're this. gonna be in Vegas next year so uh, going to <laughs> Sin City but they're trying their darndest to make uh, that Oakland reputation last yeah going into this year who this is a funny thing I it says uh, March analysis the Steelers only got a third and a fifth round pick for AB September analysis the Steelers got a third and a fifth <laughs> round pick for Antonio Brown. that's pretty that is good oh that's good unbelievable Going back to that, though, so they're talking about suspending Antonio Brown. They're talking about a whole plethora of things. They're talking about voiding guarantees in his contract, which yeah. do you, you're looking up things right now. I'm just I heard if, something about, like, that could be, like, $30 million. So in his contract, there is co- – they, they can void $30 million off his contract for conduct detrimental to the team. And threatening to punch your GM certainly would fall under the category of like that conduct detrimental to the team. So they did say, you know, Mike Mayock did come out and said, Antonio Brown's not in the building. He won't be here. I'll have more for you later. That's all and walked away. Okay. And then John Gruden didn't say anything. Either. They asked him about it. And he said there will be an announcement coming later today. So something is going to happen today about Antonio Brown, whether it's we cut him, God forbid, or we have cut down part of his 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 uh, money, or we're shutting him down, or he's on the market. We're gonna try to trade him. Which who who, who the hell wants Antonio Brown at this point? Yeah. So I trade. just it. So yeah, he would still get traded. Let's let's take a funny spin because I can get really angry really quick about this. Let's Ooh, just do a funny okay. spin wow. right now. So I kind of want to angry. We're gonna plug. We're gonna plug the fantasy footballers again. They do a thing every year where they do player 
best player analogy. So you wanted us to do this. Now I feel like we can. It, I think we can do it. It's really <laughs> funny. It's really funny. So so one of the guys, Jason, said that Antonio Brown is the Wizard of Oz. This is like your favorite one. It's so I think it's so funny. And he said because he seems cool, seems like a great guy, he's all big and powerful, but when you pull back the curtain, he's a crazy person. Just doing crazy things. And then he came back and he was like, but for fantasy, he still got the job done. Dorothy got home. Lion got courage. Tin Man got a heart and Scarecrow got a brain. He Dorothy got didn't the job even get home done. because of the wizard. But still, I mean, they flew back in the... In the oh, that's true because he messed up. But still. <laughs> maybe Antonio Brown's going to fly away in a balloon now. Who knows? He came down in a balloon. <laughs> but still, I... Uh, again, he's, he's... Did they talk about that in that portion? I don't know. Because that's a huge missed opportunity. He's a crazy person. I don't get it. And you know what? And I had this thought today... And I, you're right, I don't want to get angry right here, because I really want to be very serious about this. I hope Antonio Brown's okay. Yeah, I've thought about that. I've you know thought about I mean? that. And I thought about that today, because I, we, everybody's having fun, talking about how crazy he's been, and insane. But I don't, Antonio was never like this, or at least we didn't know about it well, for the last something, couple I wanna, years. Well, I want to so talk about that a little bit. Legitimately, I hope he's okay. I hope there's not something big going on, you know, God forbid, mentally, but even oh, I feel like it is. But even even just like me, I hope there's not something personally happening in his life that's really a, making him go nuts. You know, some people are questioning: Does he have a desire to play football anymore? Is he just you know? Ryan Leaf actually came out and talked about this today. Uh, for those of you who don't know who Ryan Leaf is, he's you know, probably the biggest bust in NFL history. It was him or Peyton Manning yeah. in their draft, and the Chargers took Leaf, and it was total bust. But regardless, Leaf talked about how. He didn't want to play football anymore, and there was all these expectations on him. So he projected it and, and took it out on all of his teammates and, and, the, and his fans and, and his coaching staff. And it looks like that's what Antonio is doing. So legitimately... It's a fascinating spin. You know, God forbid something wrong is happening. I really hope that Antonio Brown's just okay. Yeah, no, I agree about that. And I don't want to talk about it at length because obviously we're in... We don't know the man. We, right. We're not in any position no. to diagnose med- or mental no. things at all. But it just seems so, so odd. I mean, Oakland was on hard knocks this yeah. this summer. And after the whole thing well, they with... They stopped filming two days ago, so they won't have this. Oh, well. Gosh darn. That would have been fascinating. Yeah, I wonder if that would have aired. I, I mean, it's HBO, so I, I feel know. like it would have. But it is HBO, right? Yeah. That's funny. Okay. But, I mean, he came down. I remember watching a, a quick just snippet because I haven't watched the series. I've actually yeah. never watched a Hard Knocks, although I feel like I would really like it. Um, I've watched All or Nothing. About him, and he said, my new mantra is play more, talk less. And for him to sit there and like say those things and to have those thoughts, I believe he really had those thoughts. I don't think he just yeah. said that for fun, yeah. but something just keeps prohibiting that from yeah. happening. Yeah. And that makes me, it just seems yeah. like there's more going on than just and, antics. And, and like I said, I, it makes me angry as a human for so many reasons. Because, like I said, you know, we talk about, we laugh sometimes about how I played football, but it was like one year and I didn't play a lot. But still, I played football and there were guys on my team who were always so much more talented than me messing up. And it drove me nuts. Because I would give anything to have your God-given talent and ability so that I could play in the sport that I love so much. But yeah. I can't. I've never been blessed with that. And so when you look at a guy who is making all kinds of money, who has the opportunity to have to, to go down as one of the greatest ever to play that position in a game, you have so much opportunity out the wazoo and you're throwing it away. It doesn't make any sense to me. 
You're, you're, you're it's so selfish. You're, you're not even thinking about your team because you're depriving them of having a good season, which, you know, with everything guns a blazing for Oakland could be a good team this year. Yeah. So it's just that I get so angry about that because I think, who are you to act the way you act when you have been blessed with so much? But then I have to take the step back and think something's got to be up, and I hope that he's okay. And if he's and if he is okay, and it really is just him being a jack bleep, then <laughs> then then you will see me come on the show and have a classic Adam is angry rant about it. <laughs> but for right now, I really like I said, I don't want to be angry with him. I want to look for understanding before I go to anger. Sure. I remember uh, earlier in the offseason when all this happened, he was traded yeah. to Oakland. I was I was very in support of Antonio Brown. It's yeah. really it's really weighed it's really frayed in, in my opinion yeah. of, of how I was really Yeah. Good good for you. I was thinking about this and I, I read somewhere, I don't remember if it was a tweet or if it was Facebook or something, yeah. but somebody brought up this really excellent point. I really started delving and thinking about it. So kind of thinking, let's let's assume that it's not something of greater significance that mm-hmm. we've been skirting around. Right. Let's just think, so in Pittsburgh, there was never really any true disciplinary action put on Antonio Brown. No, I mean, he, he was held out of that last game because he had mispracticed that week. Sure, so we were talking about last year, correct? And, yeah, and he and was fined a couple times. And that's, but, but that's ultimately what jets him out of town. Yeah. So, even, that, so I mean, like, all of the drama with, like, the video post a few years ago before yeah. they played the Patriots in the, mm-hmm. in the playoffs, mm-hmm. and there was never any real great repercussion going on right yeah. here. So... I think this is really at least this public, and I think that could be because Antonio Brown's gone so public with yeah. it creating it. So yeah. maybe that makes it just more known to us. Yeah. But this, to my recollection, recollection and at least knowledge, Mike Mayock's the first person that's really put his foot down on Antonio Brown. And said no. Yeah. You're not. You're not doing this. And this I, is how we're I operating. Think that's great. I think it is too. But so I don't think Antonio has really dealt with this and That's has fair. been put under this kind of yeah. scrutiny is not the right word because I think scrutiny kind He's of... He's not ha- been held this accountable. Right. And so with that being said, is this kind of the child who hasn't really, has had like the more lax upbringing is finally being put in so they act out more? Yeah. It could, certainly could be. Yeah. So... The one more thing I want to talk to you about, talk to you about this, and I think this is fascinating. I, I was thinking about this earlier, thinking about the hard knocks again. Like I saw, I watched a couple of clips, but John Gruden has been so supportive of Antonio know, Brown, and I that's know, so yeah. so good. And we don't know. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of drama going on in Oakland right now. Yeah. So I was thinking about right now, John Gruden is completely to our eyes in the middle, mm-hmm. and is this going to be a situation where we've seen? A head coach had to pick between his newly hired GM and this big ticket player that I think he really cares about. I mean, it's he didn't answer questions about it today. Sure, because as I think, I think that's appropriate. Because I think he and Mike need to sit down and talk about it. Right. Which is why they said there will be an announcement coming later. The team, the the guys on the team love him. If you watch any of Hard Knocks, the guys speak so highly of them. I've heard no reports detrimental to, that were. And I do feel like when he practiced, he yeah, looked like he I'm was saying. practicing. That's what I'm saying is I've heard, I've heard no derogatory comments from his teammates, but I feel like that with what just happened was this yesterday. 
I yeah. think that totally changes everything. He's like, you know, I'm sure a lot of them were thinking, okay, it's the preseason, you didn't play, whatever. Now we're here, but now we're in week one practice week, and you're still doing it, and you're elevating it. I, I'm I'm sure that he is losing allies in the locker room, and John Gruden think. might be one of them now. I don't see a scenario where John Gruden has to choose. I see a scenario where to- Antonio Brown is gone before they think about it. I just am so fascinated by the conversations going on between Mayock mm-hmm. and Gruden right now. Like those two have obviously had a pretty long relationship, not yeah. professionally in that they're co-working partners, but like they've just known each other through yeah. through the NFL. Everyone knew Mayock. Everyone right. knows Gruden. So, but just imagine like being in that office right now, yeah. like who knows really how good of friends they are, mm-hmm. but I imagine like you and I sitting at a desk and being like, Hey, like what are your favorite people just threaten me? Yeah. Like I, I, we can't keep that around. And like mm-hmm. you obviously, I mean, like how would you feel being put in that position? Like if I sat down and was like, Hey, like, um, one of your best friends, like just made a pretty big move. Mm-hmm. in a negative way towards him. Like, what do you do about that? That's so I hard. Know. I mean, like, this is something I don't think we've really have ever seen, at least in, in not my that, not that social, time of watching football. Not that social media really means anything, but apparently Antonio Brown unfollowed the Raiders and Derek Carr on all of his social media. Well, I don't know. That means a lot. <laughs> it means Melvin, a lot to Antonio Brown. <laughs> Melvin Gordon started following Philly. So. Oh, God, this is insane. I... <laughs> I, I'm, I keep looking at this thinking, hoping that something pops up when we can break news. Well, but, I mean, uh, it's still pretty early. Relatively early over there, too, so. It's, it's, yeah, it's, I'm just. What, what was it Mike Mayock said? At this point, we've exhausted all avenues of relief. I mean, but really, <laughs> honestly. we really have. I mean, like, they did everything for him with his helmet issue, with his foot issue. They were like, we're cool. Antonio, get right. Just as long as you're there for us for the season, and now he's not, and I I don't I don't well first of all I I don't I do not see him playing Monday night probably not it, which 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 might end up causing them to lose a tight game against the Broncos which I already forecast to be a close game I think if AB did not play Denver will win. exactly so you 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 cause your team a week one loss I think he's gone before week two. Yeah, I certainly. Unless, I mean, if they do void this money, I think yeah. there's again, absolutely no. Unless future. there's a conversation that happens between the, all Gruden, Mayock, and Antonio Brown that somehow changes Antonio Brown's mentality about this whole situation. Before then, Antonio Brown will either be cut or traded. And right now, I don't see a team that would want him. At this point, though, can we can we trust those things? I know, obviously, we're not in the building. We again, we don't know any of these people personally. Right, but. Like I said earlier on when we started this conversation, like he went on record being like, talk less, play more. So he's already like, they've had these, not to this extremity, but we've seen these guys have these conversations. What point does the trust run out to be like, you know, we, we just can't do this. We have to wash our hands. And I do feel like Mayock's done a really great job of being like, you know, I tried, I made this trade and maybe it's going to blow up in my face and I'll own that. But that's what it is. And I, I respect that. But at what point does the trust run out? And has it already done so? It's got to have already happened or be very, very close. Yeah, it's fascinating. It is truly, and we'll obviously learn more if not tonight. Right? I mean, they said we'll, they'll come out tonight. Well, I was going to say, we'll have to know by the time we record our next episode. Right. Well, I mean, we will know by then. So, gosh dang.
All right. Have any uh, have any cold reads or anything you want to throw out my way? No, I think we really, really. There, I have a lot of stuff that we'll we'll have for for our season preview episode. Okay. No, uh, well, I don't really have anything. I don't know if you do. Yeah, I guess. I mean, like you've said, like you just kind of closed the door, and I was going to ask if not traded, but if Antonio Brown is released, does he play somewhere else this year? I feel I, I feel as though if he's released, someone's got to take the flyer, right, on the talent. Yeah. There have been worse guys who have gotten opportunities before. I feel like so, but I do not see somebody trading for him. I agree. I don't see maybe, uh, maybe like a sixth or a seventh round pick. Yeah, not but a great I, Yeah, I do not see somebody sacrificing a lot of draft capital to pay a guy like that that kind of money. It, it, if Antonio Brown does not reconcile his issues with the Raiders and with Gruden Mayock, the only way I see him playing football this year is if somebody pays him a low-end contract to be like, prove to us you're not going to be an issue. I don't know if that would happen. I don't know. I don't think he needs the money. Somebody somebody said the Pats on Twitter, and I said, at first of all, I was like, go, yeah, that's, that would happen. But then I was like, it would never happen because... He would never work. Belichick would never. Belichick would never put up with it. No. Nope. Just the way Mike Mayock's not putting up with it. No. Nope. So. Yeah, no, that wouldn't. Nope. Unless he really uh, is just all about winning. And then he trusts that that could be the place. Maybe he doesn't have that nah, confidence have in Oakland. over there now. I mean, I agree. I don't Gordon think Gordon and Edelman and. DT. Gonna make another bet about him? Let's do it. He had a great last preseason game. Two touchdowns. Then he got cut. He got cut with the they they said that they cut him with the idea of bringing him back a couple days later so that they could save some money. I didn't know they were really saving any money. Didn't know they really gave him that much money to begin with. Anyways, my last question, uh, just to stay on the topics of what we talked about today. So we talked about the Packers and Bears. We talked about Ezekiel Elliott and then Antonio Brown. Let's go back down to Dallas for my last uh, cold read. So we talked about. Those contract extensions. So uh, Jalen Smith got one uh, earlier this month, or no, or like yes. in August. Well, in August, it's September now. Uh, Lyle Collins just got one a few days ago. Who's going to get signed first, Dak or Cooper? Dak. You think? Yeah. Okay. I don't see them signing Cooper and then having barely any money left to sign Dak. I think Dak happens this year. Okay. Yeah, but yeah. this is the last year that they could do Cooper. I know. So you kind of like that could still be under contract. I feel like the money they gave to Zeke proves that they're willing to part ways with Cooper if he doesn't. Ooh, actually, that's not even true. Isn't this Dak's fourth year? Oh, so they don't. This is the last. This is his last year. Okay. He's gonna get signed this season, and well, he's got it's got to be before Cooper because if you sign Cooper before you sign Dak, that's saying. We're okay moving on from you, Dak, if you're asking for too much money because we signed everything else around you so that we can plug in a cheaper quarterback next year if we have to. Do you, That's what that says to Do me. you not believe that that, not right or wrong, but would be okay? I think it'd be fine. You know, if they listen, let Dak leave. You know what I mean? I love Dak Prescott. I think he's a great quarterback. I we, we debated about this when we did our quarterback episode. I do. But... He also has one of the best situations in football. Yeah. That's helped him be that. You can plug a lot of quarterbacks into the situation in Dallas 
and they can be very successful. But Dak has a clutch gene that not every quarterback has. Okay. And so I find that super valuable. So they should sign Dak as soon as possible and then hope that Cooper looks at this and says, I'll take less money because I see what's going on right here so that we can have our triplets like the Dallas Cowboys do and go win some Super Bowls. Ooh, that's fascinating. Because if you sign Amari Cooper, you've signed the whole offensive line, you've signed a couple of your defensive stars, you just signed Zeke and Cooper, your two weapons. What does that say other than, Dak, we're not willing, we're not going to pay you too much money because we have everything else around you set. I mean, I feel like that could say, hey, we're making we sure that this you. team yeah. is going to be the best for you to win, so yeah. we can't give you 40, we can give you this. Good luck finding a better situation somewhere else. I, I, yeah, I mean, that's kind of along the lines of what I think too, but I'm saying that that's them, that's leverage for them to say, we have this team ready to roll. Do you want to be the quarterback or do you want to haggle over too much money and snafu it all? Because we can go find somebody else. Yeah. And I believe they can. I mean, there are a lot of good quarterbacks coming up in the draft next year. They can trade picks to get wherever they need to to get the guy they need. Yeah. There's there's guys coming up here. Next two drafts, actually, are pretty. Exactly. So I don't – I really – Dak's in an interesting situation now that that happened. Ooh, I don't see I'm him, fascinated by that. I, I love it. I don't see him being the guy that says, no, give me $40 million. I don't see it. That's what came out earlier this I know. Season. I know. I just – I don't see him – you know what I mean? I, I see him eventually being like, all right, I'll take 35. <laughs> <laughs> but, I again, I we'll see what happens. But the sign, to me, if I'm building the team, and I know Jerry Jones is one of a never-gotten-done kind of guy, but to me, if I'm Jerry Jones, I just built all of that so I can look back in the eye and say, take the $5 million less, let's go win a Super Bowl. That makes me <laughs> feel like I would lean towards the Cooper deal first. Because, you, because you're the one who believes that they could do it with a different quarterback. I think they could with all those weapons. That's fair. Depends on who right. the quarterback is, obviously. Well, but. right. I don't think if you got Ryan Fitzpatrick, you'd be great. But. I don't know. I think that they could win the division with Ryan Fitzpatrick. <laughs> <laughs> well, you don't have that winning the division with Dak Fitz, Prescott. It's magic! <laughs> well, we just learned a lot about how you feel about Dak Prescott. And you're like, he's a great quarterback. He is a great quarterback. He's not going to win the division just, Ryan Fitzpatrick it's hard, it's hard to judge him on the team. It's the same way I've been ragging on Tom Brady for so long because he's had this team around him all the time. I feel like Tom Brady would do pretty great in Dallas. If Tom Brady were in Dallas, it would be almost the same as in New England. Probably a little bit worse because they don't have Belichick. Yes. Yeah, Garrett is not Belichick. So. But he claps better. <laughs> All right, my friend. Well, this was good. This was good. Anything else you had to say before we wrap up? No, I'm looking forward minutes. to the season. Looking forward to... Doing our preview, and uh, week one, here here it is. God bless everyone. That's how I feel about that. That's how you feel about that. (laughs) That's the best bit of audio we're going to have all year. (laughs) All right, everybody. So we got to get off, uh, we'll end a couple minutes early so I can edit this now before we go to rehearsal, and then get that up before, uh, so I can listen to it. Still have two and a half hours till game time, so lots of time for that. Absolutely. All right, everybody. Well, we'll uh, see you in a few days when we're back on recording for everything other than Thursday night. Absolutely. And we'll see you then. God bless.